0: I want to pick up where we left off in our last session. We are studying 1 Peter. We are in 1 Peter chapter 2. But when we ended our last session, we were still looking at a very important passage in Romans chapter 1. So if you want to join me in Romans chapter 1, uh, again, verse 21 that is where we were in our last session as we were asking our question in regard to submitting to human, every human institution, what has happened in our country and how has our government gotten so far off the rails considering that our government is elected by people. We have elected officials. So we have the kind of government we ourselves elected well how did we get the kind of government that we have back to Romans 1 and I want to recap so stay with me you remember some of this from our last session verse 21 for even though they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened remember when they said we don't want God a foolish said in his heart, there is no God, no God for me. I don't want him. I don't need him. I can live without him. Their hearts were darkened, professing to be wise. They became fools. Isn't it interesting today that we see so many highly intelligent, well-educated fools Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God, of the incorruptible God, for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and forfeited animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, on the basis of all of this, on the basis of the fact that they said, I don't want God, I don't need God, I can live without God, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. They embarrass themselves by their character and their conduct, for they exchange the truth of God for a lie. Isn't that interesting that in our culture today, the one thing we do not want is truth, but we've replaced truth with lies, and we live in our culture today as if lies are truth? That's insane. And we'll understand why it's insane in just a moment. Paul's going to tell us. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to, listen to the phrase, degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. He's talking about lesbianism all the way back in the first century. Verse 27, and in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. He's talking about homosexuality. There is nothing new under the sun. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. Now, really zero in on that simple phrase, depraved mind. Degrading passions, right? That's where we started. Degrading passions. Women for women, lesbianism. Men for men, homosexuality. They did not acknowledge God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind. They went nuts. There is a degree of insanity. Degrading passions led to a depraved mind. Insanity. All you have to do in our culture today is turn on the news. They went nuts. The quotes coming out of the mouths of some politicians today would be laughable if they were not so tragic. The depravity of humanity has created a depravity in our government. Let me continue what Paul says in Romans and we'll wrap it up. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Being filled With all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. Did you hear that? Evil is not enough. They invent new kinds of evil. Inventors of evil evil, he continues, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, you can't trust them. How do you know a politician is lying? Their mouth is moving. Untrustworthy, he continues on, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only do they do the same, here is what really is frightening. But also give hearty approval to those who practice it. Let me read that last statement in God's word again. But also give Party approval, you hear it? Approval to those who practice it. Author John Phillips has said, "People get the kind of government they deserve." Wow. The primary weapon of a depraved government are lies. Isn't that? What Paul tells us here in Romans chapter one. For they exchange the truth of God for a lie. Why? Because they are from the father of lies. Dr. John MacArthur has said society is defined by the things it will not tolerate. And our society will not tolerate truth. They want to silence it. They want to shut it down. They want to call it hate speech. Because our society today will not tolerate truth. When perversity moves from being practiced to being protected, And from being protected to being praised, society will experience moral, ethical, sexual, and spiritual insanity. Degrading passions give way to a depraved mind. And when the principles of man violate the principles of Almighty God, we must, we must, we must take our stand with God. Why? Well, the answer is obvious. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, the great sermon on the mount, we find the why, why we stand up, why we are not to cower in the corner, why we are not to remain silent, when the laws and principles of God are being abused. Matthew chapter five, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Then the exhortation, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You, me, we, are God's answer to this moral putrefaction and this social darkness. We must exercise truth. We must stand for truth when the lies of government violate the laws of a sovereign God. But I want to take a moment to be very clear about the kind of Stand that honors God. Back to 1 Peter, the passage we are considering. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake. Hear it for the Lord's sake to every human institution. And then we continued the discussion we had in our last session. But I want us to focus on that phrase, we do what we do for the Lord's sake. We can do the right thing. But if we do the right thing in the wrong way, we damage the kingdom of God. We do not represent it. So how can we honor God? How can we stand for the Lord's sake? Three very, very simple principles. Number one, we must speak the truth in love. We must speak the truth, but we must speak the truth in love. Remember, Peter said, we are to do what we do for the Lord's sake. And I would go one step further. We are to do what we do for the Lord's sake, and we are to do what we do for the Lord's sake in a way that truly honors the Lord. When we attack, belittle, demean, harass, or verbally assault those in error, we do not honor God. They are lost people, desperately, desperately in need of a Savior. And hatred and harassment will not save them. They are lost people desperately in need of Jesus and they will not be drawn to Jesus by hatred or harassment. They will be drawn to Jesus by love. We must speak the truth, but we must speak the truth in love. The the Greek word there is agape, a selfless, sacrificial, all-consuming kind of love. We must speak the truth in love. Second, We must practice the truth in our own lives. We do so much damage to the kingdom of God when we do not practice what we preach. So many of us have heard it said from a lost person throughout our lives. They are all a bunch of hypocrites down at the church house. Heard that phrase? The great tragedy is there is too often merit in that indictment. The Greek word for hypocrite is upakritas. It it comes from the Greco-Roman amphitheater. And the actors were called upakritas. And it literally meant a mask wearer. If they were performing a comedy, they wore that mask that had the big smile on uh, its face. If they were performing a tragedy, they would have that mask. They would wear that mask that had the frown on it. You never knew their own disposition because their real disposition was hidden behind a mask. And they were called upakritas. All actors were called upakritas, mask wearers. And too often, that is us. We say one thing, but we do something entirely different. If we are going to stand for truth, we must live out that truth in our lives. We must be authentic. Earlier in this precious epistle, Peter had said in chapter 2, verse 12, keep your, here it is, behavior. Not what we say, what we do. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, Glorify God in the day of visitation. We must live out the truth we stand for. Third principle, we must be willing to pay the price for the truth. Wait a minute, there's a price to be paid? Yes. We are quick to say we're going to speak the truth, but then we shudder at the consequences we face for speaking that truth. When we speak out against evil, we are going to experience pushback. We are going to experience punishment. We may even experience persecution. That is the price all of us must be willing to pay for the truth. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter three, when facing the fiery furnace. I'll quote from Daniel three, these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Listen to what comes next. But even if he does not, these men were willing to stand for truth, even if standing for truth costs them their very lives. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And I would remind you, God did not deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. But God did deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the fiery furnace. I I, I think of, of Peter, this very Saint Peter, and john when they were warned in acts chapter 4 that they were not to speak the name of jesus and they calmly confidently declare whether it is right in the sight of god to give heed to you rather uh, give heed to you rather than to god you be the judge for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and what we have How did they pay the price? Peter paid for his conviction on an upside down cross. John paid for his conviction by being exiled to the prison isle of Patmos. When the laws of government are in opposition to the laws of God We must stand for God even if standing for God costs us absolutely everything. What price are you prepared to pay for the Lord's sake? A lost world desperately needs to see the authenticity of our faith and witness the depth of our convictions. That, my friend, is how you and I Win, friends, and influence governments for the kingdom of God. We'll see you next session. This study through God's word is a study for scuba divers. As I shared in our introduction, there are two approaches to God's word. You can approach God's word as a snorkeler or you can approach God's word as a scuba diver. Snorkelers stay on surface. They get a panoramic view of what's in the Word. But the scuba diver goes deep. He immerses himself in the water and he finds the treasures buried among the reefs below. We want to help you find the treasures of God's Word by going deeper. And I hope that we have accomplished that. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Word Power Media Ministry. Our email address, wordpowermm at gmx.com. Also, if you have a prayer request, please feel free to reach out to us. Our team would love to lift that prayer uh, to the Lord on your behalf. We consider ourselves family. You may have never been in a room with us face to face, but if you've joined us in this journey through God's Word, we consider you family. And we want to do everything we can to encourage you and to minister to you. Thank you.